Hello, my name is Janet Shreve. I am the Director of Shreve Care Services and this is my podcast, You Care, I Care, talking with people who have different experiences of the care sector. I'm delighted to welcome my guest, Joey Williams-Pierce from Outstanding Compliant and a new support group called PST. And welcome, Joey, to, to my podcast. Thanks, Janet. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. Perhaps you could tell me a little bit about your career, how things started, and talk about what you do, because yeah. I'm very, very interested to discuss outstanding compliance, because based on the way that the CQC is going with all the new rules and regulations, what you're doing is, is invaluable. Thank you. So, off you go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I started uh, working in healthcare in 2009. And I started in operating theatres and I spent near enough 15 years working as an operating department practitioner, which no one ever knows what we do. We're kind of the uh, the SAS of the NHS is what they kind of generally described at. And so basically they are trained to the same level as nurses and they are specific to theatre. So we can do anaesthetics, scrub and recovery, and then you kind of go on and you can kind of develop that further. You can be a surgical first assistant, you can help you know the anaesthetics and you can also kind of go off and do um some a and e so you can go and do trauma and a and e you can do itu and you can do hems should you want to do that as well so yeah it's quite an interesting role so i did that for 15 years and then and I where was of... that um joey all over actually so i trained in bath at the royal london at the royal united hospital and then i went off to the royal london and i've worked in maidstone i've worked in uh, East Grinstead and the Mackinder, which is a specialist, and the Queen Victoria and Mackinder actually, they're both kind of specialist reconstructions. So they had what they would call the guinea pig club. So it was uh, during, I want to say World War Two, but I will check that World War One or World War Two, and you would have these kind of fighter pilots coming back, and they would be horrifically, horrifically kind of injured, and um, Archie Mackinder kind of developed a way basically to do a skin graft that could essentially reconstruct their faces. or And that's still used today? That's still used today. And they have the Mackindo Centre in his honour. Burns and reconstruction in East Grinstead is it's the place to be if you ever need to do that. Right. So that was a fun, fascinating job. I loved that one. But I kind of got to a point where I just had... I'd done everything I wanted to do and I'd had enough of working within the NHS and within private kind of healthcare in, in operating theatres. And... There's a lot of transferable skills because obviously, you know, time management, you can, you're diligent, your attention to detail is spectacular. And having worked with the CQC, obviously, for the entirety of my career, it just felt that that was an obvious way to, to branch out and to do something that was actually for myself, it could be more flexible for my daughter. And so that's where Outstanding Compliance was born. Really. So, so working in your, as you call it, your SAS type role... <laughs> That must have been extraordinarily draining in many, yes. many respects, I would have thought. Yes, there were incredibly harrowing parts of it, for sure. I mean, you you see things that, you know, end up in horror films sometimes. And and you, we can't imagine. And No. Yeah, yeah it's totally different, isn't it? It's so. very different, difficult to explain. No, you know, you have, you kind of go to dinner parties and people go, oh my gosh, that's amazing. What's the most what's the most awful thing you've ever seen? And when you kind of come out with something that's, you know, truly harrowing, they go, oh God, no, I meant like that someone had put something somewhere mm. that you had to remove. And I, oh, you wanted a funny story. Okay, sorry. 
Yeah, so it's, it's a very, very different world. And, and probably you end up with a bit of a black sense of humour because of it. It's very just much your way so. to get through. It, yeah. If you work in operating theatres, the chances are you have a really dark sense of humour. And, I mean, we all think we're hilarious. And the banter, obviously, is fantastic. But you tend to kind of say things in other social circles and people give you this look and think, oh, my God. Yeah, I can imagine. But going on to outstanding compliance, you've recently worked, haven't you, with a couple of organisations? I have, yeah. Um, one, well, off, you, you tell me because obviously I know what you do and yeah. uh, to tell the <laughs> listeners is, is your role, not mine. Yeah, so I've worked with two companies now. Um, one was a care home and another one was a, a, a kind of care agency type thing. And I just helped them, basically. So the first one was a care home that had a requires improvement as their CQC rating and they needed help to to get that back to where it should be to a good. And we did that within four months and we were really, really proud of the work that That's kind of went on. It was purely, and obviously outstanding compliance, it was essentially a compliance issue. Mm. They were a great team of people. The carers were fantastic. It's just their paperwork just wasn't quite up to scratch and it was very kind of, oh antiquated kind of systems and literally all I did was went in sorted out their paperwork put them an audit schedule made sure that everyone knew their roles and responsibilities where they could find policies updated all their policies and although it sounds like kind of a tedious hard work it's something that just doesn't get done as much as it should do because it's when you're in care you're looking after the people and that comes first absolutely and it's really really easy to let this part of it slide and then when the CQC do come round to inspect, although you have a good service in the fact that everybody's looked after, everyone's cared for, the fact that your paperwork potentially might not be up to scratch is a hugely damning part of your, your registration. So yeah, so like I say, we, we kind of got that turned around and that was amazing. Um, and then I went off and worked with a, a provider who needed a registration. So I assisted them and I, I got that service set up for them and, and got them their registration in alignment with their, with their registered manager. And that, again, was really interesting because, I mean, from my point of view, it was the first time that I had actually applied to the CQC to have a registration, obviously. From beginning to end, I suppose, then, Very much so. It was like kind of real grassroots way of doing it. And although I've worked with the CQC closely for many years, it was very interesting in that, you know, our first application got bounced back because the limited part of the, the, um, the company's name didn't have a capital letter and I literally was like you what this is insane and it is that specific they literally when they say they you know cross the t's and dot the i's my gosh they absolutely do I completely agree because I've done it and and it's it it is the sort of it's almost the silly things isn't it like absolutely you know I mean these days we write ltd rather than limited yeah and whatever you've got on your company registration it all has to follow through and and we don't realise, yeah. because you just don't think about it. We abbreviate things all the time. In fact, there's so many yeah. anachronisms for different things. So. <laughs> Absolutely. It is amazing because you kind of, I mean, it was so basic, the things that kind of got sent back. And it was, it was a real eye-opener. And that kind of consistency is key in any form of healthcare. But my gosh, it even relates to the paperwork. Because if it didn't match up the way they would like it to, you know, it just got sent straight back. So that was, you know, it was very interesting. We worked very, very closely, the registered manager and I, and we got everything kind of set up. All of their policies and procedures were put absolutely into place. And that was really kind of, it was interesting to write them all with her 
because although I've done years of policy writing uh, kind of in theatres and obviously again for this other job that I'd had it was very interesting doing it all from scratch and saying well rather than looking at what we do now let's look at what we will do now and this is the way that we're going to run this company and this is going to reflect our values and our company ethos and we're going to make sure that everything kind of translates so it was fascinating and I really really enjoyed it it was a lot of hard work. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. It was lots of late nights. <laughs> yeah, but it's also it's also a learning curve as well because because things are changing all the time mm. and because so much has changed over the last few years of what compliance is required, etc. It does never cease to amaze me how much you think you know and then you find something else that you didn't know yeah, that absolutely. you would never have found out. And I think, you know, having that kind of integrity and honesty about yourself, you're never going to be able to know everything in healthcare. No, I've been doing it an awful long time. There are still things that I learn every single day. It's just one of those things. And things change. And, you know, processes are updated. Research happens. And you find better and more efficient ways of doing things. And that's absolutely fine. But to sit here and say, well, obviously, I know absolutely everything. Or, you know, that's the way we've always done it. And that's the way, therefore, we will always do it is a nonsense. And that's, it's not going to get you anywhere in healthcare. You need to be able to change and diversify and obviously the cqc is doing just that you know their framework is changing absolutely it's it's going to be very interesting to see how it kind of comes about and you know they've put an awful lot of literature out there and you know there are podcasts that you can listen to for it there are you know free courses and webinars that you can do to make sure that you're kind of up to track with their new framework but until it gets fully released i think we're not going to quite know how it's going to look but it's, and you know, for this last registration that we kind of put together, it kind of almost felt like we were potentially chasing our tail because we were had to do it in the way that the kind of the old style framework worked. Yep. Knowing that everything's about to change and we yeah. might have to, you know, and if, if it came into effect during the registration process, that would put all of our work out. And it was a kind of, it was a real difficulty, but, you know, fortunately we got it in and it was over the line before the new framework came in, so it wasn't an issue. But certainly there are going to be so many care companies when the new framework does come in that are potentially going to be lacking something or they're not going to be working to the correct framework, even though it's kind of been in the pipeline for quite some time. So there, there'll be a few that just need a little bit of a helping hand and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. It's, it's no. being able to say that I need a hand. And I think when you are doing your CQC registration, you need support because absolutely the forms that you have to complete along with all of the pieces yeah. of information that they require, there's an awful lot to do there that really people is. do not realise. And yeah. I think having someone who knows what they're talking about, knows what they're looking for, yeah. and obviously has got huge experience in the healthcare sector makes a massive difference doesn't it very much so because i mean you can it's very easy to find anybody that will say yeah i can give you a hand i know a bit about it and it's very easy to blag to a certain point it becomes very apparent when you are filling these forms in and there's i mean for example if you're looking to um, get registered for say personal care there's and certainly in other ones as well there's literally like mini essays you have to write as part of of the application that doesn't include your business plan your statement of purpose you know there's a huge huge amount and every policy and procedure they want to see you know you have to be set up to go before you're set up to go if that makes sense you know they want to come in and say okay 
if I were to give you a registration tomorrow and you would start providing care, are you ready? Inevitably, unless you already have some sort of care providing type thing going on, you're not going to be. Mm. You know, you're not going to have staff because why pay for staff that you're not being able to, you know, to look after until you get your registration? So it's a very chicken and egg type thing. Oh, yes. <laughs> but having, yeah, it really is. But having somebody that can come in and say, okay, well, I can help you do this and I understand what these words mean. They use their own kind of type of language. You know, when they ask you something, although on the face value it might seem a very obvious question, what they're actually asking you is something ever so slightly different and they want you to kind of ask, you know, answer a different thing. And then obviously once you've done that and you've got all your bits together and you've all got approved, then you have to go for essentially an interview. Although it's not an interview, it's a discussion and they make that very clear. But the registered manager is a a two-hour conversation and the nominated individual is an hour and it's a lovely kind of chance for the CQC to chat to you and understand who you are and your values and make sure that you know what on earth that you've just submitted. Because, you know, there are people that haven't, they've essentially bought their policies and procedures and that's mm. fine as long as you know what's in them and you know how to adapt. adapt. Yeah, absolutely. But they will say to you, okay, well, in your safeguarding policy, it says this, this and this. How does that apply to the safe regulation? How does that work? So you need to know the ins and outs of what you're proposing to do, which is absolutely fine, as long as you do. It just uh, takes a little bit of time. And that is why it's so many kind of late nights and staying up late and and getting to know the service that you are going to provide. You have to be all knowledge of what you're putting out. You do. And, And also what's coming through as well at the moment, which is the first time, certainly in the last year, is a lot of local authorities, well, all local authorities are being inspected by CQC, which is a complete change around for them as well. So there's a heck of a lot to take on board for everybody, really, isn't there? Absolutely. It's just huge change. And I think with any element of change in any part of life or work or anything like that, you need a little bit of support. And that's what Outstanding Compliance is for, is to provide that support and to say, do you know what? You might not need me to come in and do an entire registration. You might literally come in and say, my policies are out of date. Please, could you just help me make sure that they align to my to my company's values? That's not an issue. We can do that. That's brilliant. And it can be anything from tiny little things to literally setting up an entire registration. (laughs) The options are there. They are all there. (laughs) So come on, talk to me about pst. Pst is uh, (laughs) perhaps you'd like to spell that for our listeners. P triple S T, which stands for it is professionals and self-employed supporting success together. So. That was founded by me and, and two of uh, two friends of mine. And we met on a course, actually. And we're kind of, we're mostly based in Cornwall, but we're going to be looking to do Zoom chats for kind of nationwide type things. And it became very apparent that there are an awful lot of networking groups. And you go to these, and you know, they all serve a purpose. Absolutely, they do. But you go to these networking groups and you kind of, for all intents and purposes, pedal your wares or have someone else's pedal to you. And that's absolutely fine and you get to meet people and you get to connections and, and, you know, networking groups are there for a reason and they're successful for a reason. What we found, the three of us on this course, I mean, there was obviously others on the course as well, that actually all we wanted to talk about was the struggles that we were having potentially with work. And most of us were self-employed or we worked for large kind of companies and had got very quickly 
promoted up to kind of director status or chief exec or whatever you you know c-suite people but there was no kind of training for that the vast majority of us had trained to do something else or you know we'd kind of fallen into this accidentally and all of a sudden oh gosh I own a business or oh gosh I'm a director and I'm looking after all these people and there are things that you can you know you can go to business school and you can learn about you know the terms and terminology of things but it doesn't help you in the day-to-day there were so many of us kind of sat there going you know so and so is putting a complaint about this this and this and you know inevitably it's their own business they take it very personally because it is personal to them and there was no support there and they said well you know I went to this networking thing and you just can't feel like you can speak about it and we kind of we understood that so we wanted to make a safe space and a safe area for professionals and self-employed people to sit down have a chat talk to like-minded people to sit there and say do you know what I've got an issue with this with HR or uh, my payroll is not going ever so well or you know whatever it is and to have a room of full of people listen to you potentially give their advice because the chances are they will have had an issue of the same kind of background or whatever and they can say well actually so and so might be able to help you or this is what I did fine so that's the kind of first half of the group and the second half because you know ultimately we want to learn from these we don't want to just a big moan fest which that you know could potentially kind of end up as so we have the first half just to kind of support each other and then the second half is to learn something. We have kind of groups coming up in the next year and we're going to be talking things like imposter syndrome and flattening the hierarchy and making sure that everyone has a voice in your company. And with imposter syndrome, for example, you know, we're going to have a chat about it, what it looks like, what it is, how that can affect your business and actually how to give you the tools to, to work around that. I mean, I, for one, am absolutely awful with imposter syndrome and I kind of quite often sit there and go, oh my gosh, what am I doing? This is insane. <laughs> I should, I'll go back to theatre, I know what I do there. Yeah, and that's actually, uh, very common. <laughs> it's incredibly common. Yeah. And, and it's entirely unnecessary, to be perfectly honest, because if I wasn't good at this and if I wasn't good at speaking with people and for, for support and, quite frankly, compliance, I wouldn't be where I am now. I wouldn't have this, you know, this business. And that's something that I think we should celebrate. And it's really, really easy to kind of get lost down this little rabbit hole of Oscar or whatever. And being able to go to these kind of groups to have a sit down to, to potentially help somebody, which is always lovely to have something altruistic in your life. But also know that, gosh, so-and-so has taken this awful amount of sick leave and I'm not really sure what to do about it. That you can sit there and say, does anyone have any ideas? What should I do? And just to help each other out and then come away having learned something that you can put into practice to change your business, to make it better. You know, flattening the hierarchy for something is particularly kind of close to my heart in that that's what we do in theatre. You know, gone are the days where a surgeon is God. I mean, a couple of them still think they are, but in the old days, it would be very much the surgeon says so, so that's what we're doing. And that was why there were so many never events, to be perfectly honest. You can have now a porter walk into a theatre and say to a consultant surgeon, you're operating on the wrong leg. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it very rarely happens. No, but, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is that the conversations are freely had and there is no kind of hierarchy in that sense. Everybody has a voice. And that is so important, even in the professional world. Because what's the point of having a CEO that will come in, shout at everybody, this is what you're doing, blah, 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 when the admin girl is sat there going my god actually if you did it this way 
it would increase productivity and actually it would increase revenue. But if she can't say something to that, you know, to her boss, then what's the point of having her there? The point is that we everyone should have a voice. And that doesn't mean that necessarily you're always going to be listened to. And it doesn't mean that what you say is going to absolutely be taken as gospel. And okay, well, you know, Jenny and a counsellor said this, so that overrules. It, it's a, a level playing field and it means that ideas can be brought freely without the worry of kind of discrimination or retribution kind of coming from it. You can speak your mind and potentially your idea might be fantastic. So let's hear it. There's absolutely. nothing wrong with that. Well, Joey, what an interesting well discussion this has been. <laughs> and I mean, it's certainly been a really, really interesting experience for me. So... Tell me, how can people get hold of you, find out more about what you do? Well, you can email me at outstandingcompliance at gmail.com or you can follow us for pissed (laughs) (laughs) on all of the socials. I know our LinkedIn is just about to come up. But yeah, or you can just find me on LinkedIn. Jolene Williams-Piers, or Joey, as everyone calls me. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, um, Joey, for joining us on uh, You Care, I Care. My name, as I said, is Janet Shreve from Shreve Care Services. If anybody would like any further information, please don't hesitate to get in touch on janet.shreve at shrevecareservices.co.uk. And thank you once again for your time and a really, really interesting podcast um, that you've been happy to do with me.